phrases do you use in consolation? Imagine that you have some bad news to tell. Something's happened, you say, I don't know, uh, my credit cards have been stolen, they've cleared out my bank account. How do you finish that sentence? Do you say, still worse things happen at sea? Do you say, oh, serves me right for being careless? Do you say, I suppose I'm just cursed? Do you say, oh, well, mustn't grumble? Do you say, oh, I guess I should count my blessings? Do you say, ah, but the people in Africa are starving? Do you say, well, at least I have my health? Do you say, such is life? Whatever we tack on to the end of our stories of suffering, that gives us a little window onto our theology of suffering. Yet none of the lines that I've just mentioned are a particularly Christian response to suffering. Recently, though, I heard a wonderful line, and it came from a woman suffering from terminal cancer. How would you finish a sentence that begins, I have six months to live? She would finish such a sentence with the phrase, still, nothing a resurrection won't fix. That is Christian consolation. And it's the very heart of the book of Job. In amongst all the suffering, there is resurrection hope. Job 19 from verse 25. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end He will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see Him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Let me highlight four words from this to give us comfort in our own suffering. Firstly, the word redeemer. Redeemer. Who does Job look forward to seeing? He doesn't just name him as his saviour, someone who would rescue him out of the suffering, pluck him from the pit. Job looks forward to seeing his redeemer. That's different. A redeemer doesn't just pull you out of the pit. A redeemer joins you in it and transforms the pit into paradise. That's very different. Jesus is not simply a rescuer, and he's not simply a replacer, snatching away the old and giving us something entirely different. He is a redeemer who comes into our suffering and transforms it. Often when we suffer, we simply want to get rid of the situation. But Jesus wants to do something better. He doesn't want to waste our suffering. He never considers all that stuff a dead loss. Somehow, he redeems the situation. He puts it through the big recycling machine and brings it out renewed. Somehow, he will redeem every situation, even yours. Somehow, your scars will become a scar story, a testimony to his grace. If Jesus can transform, redeem even the sufferings of the cross, if his scars even can become badges of glory into eternity, then that is the proof that he can redeem any suffering, yours included. Second word to highlight is the word earth. Job is not looking forward to escaping this nasty planet and waiting around in some spiritual dimension. Only the very pious can derive comfort from the prospect of clouds and harps and eternal prayer meetings. But Job knows that God's future is here on planet Earth. Earth is not going into the trash heap. Earth is going to be redeemed from this suffering and raised into new life. So on Easter Sunday, after Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do to give us a picture of resurrection life? He went for country walks, he spent time with, fishing with his buddies, he cooked breakfast on the beach, he ate many, many meals. Resurrection life 
was earthy life, and it will be earthy life, because the future here, the future is here on this redeemed planet. Our hope is earthed, which makes it a hope that can sustain us through our suffering. The third word to emphasize here is the word flesh. Job's skin will be destroyed, yes, but in his flesh he will see God. There would be a bodily perishing, but a no less bodily resurrection also. And he testifies that his own eyes will see God. That's a stunning thought, isn't it? The eyes with which you watch this video, they are the eyes which will see Jesus. It is these hands which will cling to him, these vocal cords which will sing his praises. They will first perish, yes, but after passing through death, they will be redeemed, resurrection, glorified, and in this flesh, we will see God. Which means Job won't just know his children in paradise, in some kind of unearthly afterlife. Actually, Job will hold his children. He will eat with them. He will have a physical future to look forward to. That's what will sustain us through our suffering. And then finally, the final word to consider is the word see. You see, as wonderful as our physical future will be, the center of our hope is this. We shall see God, this God, this Redeemer, this Lord Christ, who will come and we will see him with, his own, with our own eyes. We will see him face to face. We will know him even as we are known. And on that day, all of his ways will be transparent to us. You know, in the book of Job, he never understands why he is going through the suffering that he's going through. We who are reading the book, we kind of know, but he never knows one day he will know. One day he will be face to face with his Lord. This is what sustains him through all his suffering. He knows that there is a redeemer. He knows that on earth he will have a future. He knows that in his flesh he will see God. And that's the final thing. He will see this Lord, this God, this Christ face to face. That is the kind of future that will sustain you through any suffering. So then, let me close with words from Handel's Messiah based on Job chapter 19 and from 1 Corinthians 15. And let these words shape your hope for the future. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. For now Christ is risen from the dead, the firstfruits of them that sleep. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that Christ is risen. Yes, I know that my Redeemer lives.